It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. You want those idiots who believe in analytics? Good Thursday morning to you. It is a numbers game right here at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubos, Link, Gay Plus, and iHeartRadio. It is Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn is here too. Good morning, Gil. Yes, I am. It's happening. You good? I'm good. You have NFL schedule fever? I do. It's very exciting. Lots <laughs> to talk about today. Uh, we do have a lot to talk about today. Bill Krakenberger will join us hour number two, as is the case each and every Thursday. Unscripted with Crackman. Uh, we'll talk about all the NBA scenarios that um, sort of evolved last night. We know a little more. We certainly don't know most of it, though, yet for the postseason. Three games or two games left in the NBA season for all teams as we uh, roll towards the play-in games. Andy McNeil to talk about his not only his projections for NHL series, and again, what, what the NHL is doing here down the stretch of the season with, with makeup games is very bizarre. Uh, but we do have one significant game in hockey tonight. But beyond that, he's got his projections. More importantly than that, we actually have lines for about five of the series. Six. We got six of the series? Okay, say, well, because we don't have the West yet settled, that's why. Uh, so we got, uh, we, got, we got lines. We'll see how they compare to Andy's. We'll do that later this hour. And momentarily, we'll talk to Jeff Schwartz, former NFLer and, of course, host of the Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You podcast. Uh, Jeff, just, uh, Jeff just, rather, I should say, wrote a piece uh, right after the schedule came out for Fox Sports entitled uh, Jeff Schwartz lays out the 10 games to circle on the 2021 NFL calendar. But more importantly, uh, he talks about what NFL players look for when their team schedule is live. He listed the, uh, the six things that matter most. So we'll get into that with Jeff here momentarily. I will just say this, uh, just in, in, the, in the interest of being thorough on everything, we came out on a numbers game yesterday. Week one lines came out right as we were on the air. And then last night on primetime action, the rest of the schedule came out while we were on air. So let me just go back to uh, the lines from yesterday and just the movement. Let's go per DraftKings. The lines that have moved from day one to day two, if anyone who's interested in betting these things, I I have not laid a bet on anything. Uh, But for those who who are interested in such things, any movement, uh, you know, day one on NFL week one lines, it should be noted DraftKings also has week two lines up there as well. Week two lines are up as well. By the way, the Thursday night game to kick off week two. Washington, a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Giants. But back to week one, um, what has moved? Well, the Chargers have taken some money. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites over Washington. If you remember, the juice yesterday was Washington. was minus 115 on the money line. But the Chargers are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, so a bit of money there in an early game on Sunday morning. The Bucks and the Cowboys moved around, but it's back to the Bucks being six and a half point favorites on the opening Thursday night game against the Cowboys. Um, really, not a lot in the end. The Jaguars took some money. The Jaguars road favorites to begin with at Houston went from one and a half to two point favorites on the road. Imagine that again. Urban Meyer, first year coach, Trevor Lawrence, who's never taken a snap, maybe some Tim Tebow. Road favorites against Houston. How bad might the Texans be if Deshaun Watson is not there? Um, the Vikings took some money, went from two and a half to three and a half on the road against the Bengals. So the Vikings took money and it went through the three on the road against the Bengals. That's an early game on Sunday, uh, week number one, September 12th. And the only other one that had movement, at least per the DraftKings opening numbers that we went over yesterday, was, oh, there's a couple more. Patriots went from two to two and a half, hosting the Dolphins. 
And then the only other one is the Monday night game where the Ravens opened as six-point favorites at the Raiders, then it went to five and a half, then it went to five. Do you have the MGM numbers, Jason? You want to throw those up on the screen? Our proud sponsors, BetMGM, do we have those? Just game by game? Just We'll, we'll go to those then when we get to the uh, BetMGM numbers because I want to see if those are different at all. Let's go to the Warren Sharp tweet. This is now most... You know, schedule analysis today will be, hey, here are the five easy schedules. Here are the five hardest based on last year's records. That is the lazy way to do it. Warren does it the proper way through the lens of season win totals. These are the five easy schedules and five hardest schedules based on your opponent's aggregate season win totals for this year. The Raiders um, have the, I think we have these, yeah, the Raiders have the hardest schedule per Warren. I will tell you this. When we look at Niners have the easiest. When we did it on primetime action last night, do you have the Steelers schedule by any chance uh, handy to you, Jason? Because when we did this on primetime action last night, um, and we were going through them schedule by schedule, team by team as they were being released, Matt Brown, Danielle Alvari, Kelly Bidlin, and I. And uh, this is one of those instances, by the way, it's Gil Alexander, a numbers game right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, and iHeart. This is one of those instances where... When we're doing it, the eye test first reaction, Pittsburgh's was so clearly the worst. Uh, Literally, we just stopped in our tracks. Look at that third column. So weeks 13 through 18, look how the Pittsburgh Steelers close their season. Home Ravens at Vikings, home Titans at Chiefs, home Browns out Ravens. Uh, Excuse me, at Ravens. Holy that is a brutal stretch of games. Again, their season win total is eight and a half. I have already mentioned, you know, when, when season wins first came out, Washington over eight, I love the most. Cleveland over nine and a half at the time. Cleveland's already gone to ten and ten and a half in other places where the other ones. This might be the only schedule that makes me now say I kind of lean under on the Steelers because, boy, they better bank some wins early before they get to that final stretch. Brutality for the Steelers, whose season win total is eight and a half. Let's bring him in. Uh, he's the host of the Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You podcast. And of course, we just mentioned the Fox Sports piece he wrote. What are the six things that NFL players actually look for when the schedule is live? And what are the 10 games that caught his eye the most? It's Jeff Schwartz, everybody. How you doing, Jeff? I am good. I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't talk about like Russian table tennis this morning. I was I was hoping to get my <laughs> my fix. I understand. I went underst- straight football today. I understand that you have some some interest in in some random sports as well through back channels. So I I would expect the same from you, sir. Well, at some point. I mean, they're they're not. They're, it's not random if it's on ESPN. I mean, like it's like on prime time on like Friday nights. It's not that random, and it ends up being very good. So hopefully you've been following. Said picks. Yes, I have been following said picks. Thank Good. you, sir. They have been very well. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm curious about you. Know, you know what the heck? We'll talk NFL anyway, despite our other uh, yes. our other interests. Uh, six things. I'm most interested in this. The six things that NFL players, former NFL players like yourself, what did you look for when the schedule came out? Uh, the bye week is number one, like by far. And, and don't let any player tell you it's like week one, we're excited to play. You know, it's a bye week, right? Because the bye week is so important, just not physically, but mentally, right? Mentally, take a break. And look, I get that, that, that kind of the training camp now is much different, but when you had two days, or even when it was a more physical one a day type practice, when you didn't have off days as often as you do now, you may have one day off a week or, or uh, you know, or half afternoon off, whatever it was. You know, you're grinding throughout, and that bye week was just a mental break from the stress, anxiety, 
and the kind of nervousness of playing each and every week. And so we would 100% look for the bye first. When can I take a little bit of time away from the game? When can I see my family again? When can I just take a deep breath and not have to worry about my next opponent? And so ideally you want that bye. I guess now, you know, it used to be week 8, 9, 10. Maybe it's week 9, 10, 11, 12 now. Uh, and look, we saw last year too. Tampa Bay had the, the latest bye, I can remember, week, a week 13 bye last year, and they didn't lose after that bye, right? Like the bye can be very important if you use it the right way. So players look for that bye first and foremost. When you did look for the bye, did you prefer it late or middle? Was there a preference within? Uh, so uh, my second thing on the list is Thursday Night Football because it's a mini bye, right? You're off that weekend. So I'll tie both in because I wanted my Thursday game earlier in the season when I was fresh and my bye week kind of later in the year. Uh, like if I had a, a Thursday night game week three, four, five, and a bye week, week eight, nine, 10, 11, that to me was the perfect schedule. My, my brother would say the opposite. My brother, not the opposite. My brother would say, hey, let's play a Thursday game later in the year. We don't really practice much that week. Um, and, you know, we use it as a mini bye. I, I just felt you were easy to recover early in the year. And so the Thursday game early in the year, followed by a bye week later in the year was, to me, is, is my ideal schedule. Interesting. All right. Well, you don't have to give the full six, but I'm curious what two or three would have been. Yeah, I mean, two Thursday night football, so basically it's the same as the idea of number right. one. But then I think you look at the primetime games because for a couple of reasons. One is, um, you know, that kind of gives you an idea of how good the NFL thinks you're supposed to be this year, right? Because, you know, they're not going to schedule bad teams in primetime games outside of, you know, you know the, the NFC East is always going to have a high number because of the Cowboys and Giants, Eagles, and, you know, the big fan bases that, that those teams carry and the weight they do when they're on television, especially, you know, for, for Fox. Fox will, will love to have those games in primetime. But you're looking at, you know, the eight, the eight, you know, the eight o'clock games, right? You're looking at the Sunday night football, the Thursday night football, the Monday night football games. Um, you know, A, it's an opportunity for your friends and family that might not have Sunday ticket to watch you. But also, guys, players prefer playing at 1 o'clock. Like, we love playing at 1 o'clock. You play at 1 o'clock, you're home by 5.30 if it's a home game, or if you're traveling, you're home with a reasonable time after you travel. Night games, man, the travel back on those night games is brutal. Like, I, I, players don't necessarily like night, night games. Like, we're fine. I remember Kansas City in 2013, Reed's first year there, you know, they were 2-14 and 14 the year before. We had 1 o'clock games, like 15 games. It was, it was incredible that year because that was, I mean, I, it, was, it was 12 central kickoff. I'm home by 4.30. Like, I have the rest of my Sunday to hang out with family and friends and relax, especially after you win. It's a great feeling. So, um, you know, we don't necessarily love primetime games. We, we obviously get them, and I like I liked playing in those games. You play better opponents. You test yourself. Your friends and family are watching. Look, you can make a career. Odell makes that catch on, on Sunday Night Football. If he does that on a, you know, a 1 o'clock game on Sunday, maybe he doesn't get quite the love. So there's pros and cons of primetime games, but that's what you look for third. I was going to say, so, so the notion, because a lot of handicappers say, oh, primetime game, this team's on a national stage. It, is that overblown then sometimes, or is that also a thing? So, like, what do you mean? They play harder, basically? Yeah, basically. That's the implication. I mean, you're you're getting good teams anyways, typically, right? So they're always going to be teams that show up every week. And, and yes, there is some idea of teams showing up maybe more in a primetime game than they would a 1 o'clock game. I've never really considered that a thing because I feel like that's just part of part of what you what you are as a player. Like, you're, you're ready to play each week. Primetime game, you're ready to play maybe a little bit more. But I'm not sure if it, it, it messes with the line very much. 
I've waited so many years to dispel that one. By the way, thank you for that. Give me, give me one. Like, more. Like, I, just, I just don't really like. I just yeah. don't. I don't know how that would work. Like, like a team. <laughs> I, I like is is so Dallas is playing Tampa and, and Thursday night football to start the season. If they played Sunday, Dallas wouldn't try as hard. Like, I, I don't. Well, I, I don't believe that. Right. Well, let's let's take it. Let's take an extreme. Let's say you're the uh, the New York Football Jets, and let's say you have a random prime time game. Would that matter more? Let's say your season's done, right, and you're just playing the season out. You have five games left. Four of them are Sunday, but one of them's a Monday night. I'm just speaking hypothetically now. Like, that's what, what handicappers, well, this is their last chance to show themselves on national TV. That's like a narrative you hear from handicappers. Yeah, that's 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 garbage. I, don't, I love like, it. I don't, like, if, if the team if, if the team sucks, they suck. Like they're not going to play. If they're bad, if they're two and four, if they're two and thirteen, let's say, or like two and twelve. Okay, I'll give you an example. I played in one of those games. I was two and eleven in in twenty ten with the Panthers. Okay, we went to Pittsburgh. They were eleven and two or something like that. The game is so bad that ESPN doesn't even have a box score for the game. Like it just says like there's no stats on their website. It's like forgotten. Pro Football Reference, I think, doesn't even have a box score. It is that bad of a game that it's, there's no box score of it. We lost twenty seven to three. We had hundred yards on offense. It was atrocious. We were awful. We did not I, I promise you, we did not think all week like here's our chance to show out on TV. Our thought was let's not get murdered by the Steelers. Like let's try to let's try not to make like and we we lost 27-3. We were terrible. We sucked as a team. Really, it was more our quarterback was really bad, Jimmy Clausen. It did not, it did not matter if we played on Thursday Night Football. That was not, we, we were going to get blown out whether we played on Thursday Night Football, on Tuesday Night Football, Sunday Night Football. It did not matter. We were a bad football team. Jeff, like I said, <clears throat> you've made my day. I've waited 10 years to dispel that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could go through this whole list, but, but we, we have limited time. So let's, let's say, because people yeah. who want to read and find out what the other uh, two or three uh, things that players look for on the schedule can read your, your piece at Fox Sports. But the other thing is that you had 10 games you were looking the most forward to. Give me the top three of those. Well, I mean, they're mostly the uh, the games we all know, right? You know, the Bills, Chiefs, Bills, Bucks, uh, Tampa, New England. Uh, obviously, that game's in week four, just kind of the buildup around that. Uh, you know, but, but to me, a lot of these games, um, you know, just re- revolve around the top teams. But one, one game that I think is, is really interesting is week 17. I think it ends up being week 17 now. Um, is uh, Browns at Steelers, right? We know the Browns beat them in the playoffs last year in, in Pittsburgh, but they've not won a regular season game in Pittsburgh in 17 years, all right? Jeez. And I think the Browns are going to be really good this year. I think they have a possibility to win 12, 13, 14 feels high, I guess, but with extra weeks, who knows? But I feel like they have, you know, they're a 12 win team, 11, 12 win team. The Steelers, in my opinion, unless Big Ben defies all things we know about older aging quarterbacks who are on the downslide, they're going to have a rough season. I, I, I like Tomlin. I like what he's done every year, but I feel like the Steelers are, and if the Browns go into Pittsburgh and win this game, I feel like we get a little bit of a changing of the guard in the rivalry, right? The Browns loaded roster, young quarterback ascending. Steelers have to rebuild their roster, an older roster. Obviously, you have to find themselves a quarterback, you know, after Big Ben leaves. It's a really intriguing game. Um, for me as far as kind of the, the rivalry in the AFC North. Okay, I, I noticed a couple things yesterday. I have so many things to ask you. I can't fit it into one segment. But what we were going through, because we were getting them team by team live last night on primetime action. So on the fly, we were trying to pick up on things that were, you know, quirky, if you will. Um, let's go to the Washington football team schedule, if we could. So this is my boyhood team that I rooted for. But 
they have a schedule, and I, we've seen this in the NFC South a lot in recent years, but in the NFC East, division games are super backloaded this year. And in the case of the Washington football team, Jeff, I don't think I've ever seen this before. They go Week 14 Cowboys, Week 15 Eagles, Week 16 Cowboys, Week 17 Eagles. I've never seen that before. Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles. So you're playing two different teams in a span of three weeks, both in both cases. And then it's the Giants to end the season. When you look at a schedule, if you had a schedule like that, would you view that as, huh, interesting, uh, wow, terribly, uh, you know, that, that's not fair, or more the merrier. I like having my division games late. W- what would be your reaction to something like that? That's very interesting. Why? Ugh, that's weird. Um, I, I, I would want to kind of space those games out, I think. I mean, you look at it, obviously, injuries and in the end of the season, kind of where your roster is, you might have, and the same can be said for the other teams as well, you know, there might be some injury concerns on your team and you're not at full strength and you play them again, you're still not at full strength, right? I mean, you might yeah. play a week seven game and let's yeah. say you have four or five guys out and you get to week 15 and everyone's back and it's a much different game. If you play each other within three weeks, then, um, you know, then it's tougher. The thing that is interesting about playing someone, um, and I've done this before where you play someone, you know, week seven, you play in week nine again, is, you know, the game planning is a little bit easier, but that doesn't really alleviate any of the concerns of playing the game, you know, that I'm just, that's really surprising schedule. Do they, do they, I mean, my guess is they think Washington's going to be good and these games will decide the division, I, I guess, but there's not been a repeat winner in that division since 2004. So right. um, maybe that, Maybe that ends this season. I, I just, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of terrifies me all the time. So <laughs> I just don't know what we get from if we're going to Fitzmagic or, or Fitzpatrick. Uh, that's a problem. Oh, but it's the magic part. But but no, I, I had because that leapt off the screen for me because I'm like, wait a minute. Five of their six division games are the final five weeks of the season, which I think, again, there was an NFC South comp to that a couple years ago. But the Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles part of that, I've never seen that in my life. In an yeah, NFL that's, schedule, that's really yeah, that's really odd. I I, I don't remember. I, I don't know what the. I mean, maybe it just broke out that way. I mean, you know, they have like you know ten thousand variations of the schedule. Um, the one thing that caught my attention about the schedule in general is they put the Packers on primetime six times. Yes, imagine, um, and imagine. So that, that leads me to believe. That, that leads me to believe they think Aaron Rodgers is staying. There's no way they're putting them if Jordan loves the quarterback. Right. So <laughs> I, I think that they, they probably believe that Rodgers is going to stay because, again, like these games aren't as good if love is the quarterback. And, you know, maybe the NFL is telling you, or they've heard from the Packers, they're not trading him, and they're scheduling Aaron Rodgers in all those games. Let, let me ask you one more. We're just, we're, we're just riffing here because I want to, for handicapping, when we, when we fast forward to the season, I want to remember this conversation. So there's a couple London games, obviously the Jaguars and one of them. Jason, can you throw up the Dolphins schedule, if you will? Usually when a team plays in London, England, uh, they are given a bye week the following week. I think it's almost the team's choice, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the Miami... It is, yes. Yeah, okay. So the Miami Dolphins have a week six game at the Jaguars, technically in London, and they're like, yeah, we're, we're cool without the bye there. They immediately play the Falcons in Miami the next Sunday. Should we, as we approach that Falcons game, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be the narrative this week. Wow, quick turnaround. They had to fly back from London, you know, that kind of thing. Is that a thing or not a thing? I mean, we fly back all the time across the country. What, it's going to be an extra two-hour flight? Well, I guess I don't think it's that big of a difference. I mean, do we say that if, if the Giants play a, the Niners and then fly back and have to play a game on Sunday in, 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 you know, in MetLife? No. 
So this is, what, an extra two hours on a flight? Like, it's not that much different than it would be in any other week if you had a cross-country trip. Um, it's kind of funny that both Florida teams, uh, instead of playing in Florida, have to go to, to London to play that game. Yes, um, exactly. Uh, no, I, I, and look, and look I, I, think, I think the first team to do this was the Colts a couple of years ago. The Colts declined the bye week because it was early in the season. They won a later bye week. I, I think this is fine. If you're going, again, it makes sense if you're a West Coast team going to the East Coast. You play East Coast team, then you fly to London, and then I get you have a 10-hour flight back. Okay, We'll take a bye week, but this is this is a normal routine, right? If you have a, a, a cross country flight, you take it after the game, and you you know you, you relax Monday, Tuesday, and then you get back to things on Wednesday. Same thing here: you play Sunday, you fly home Sunday. They probably give everyone off Monday and Tuesday. Get back in Wednesday, and you're ready to play the Falcons. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I always I always wondered because you 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 know it became a sort of default in recent years. Like, well, they go to London, so they get a bye. But as you're saying. Um, yeah, in many cases, it doesn't really, it's only a couple hours more, and the Dolphins uh, figured that out, and they're like, no, we'll play the next week. Um, and that is, in fact, what they'll do. Jeff, I have about 20 of these, but we got to run. Jeff Schwartz lays out the 10 games to circle on the 2021 NFL calendar and uh, lays out more of the six things that players look for when the NFL schedule comes out. Really appreciate it, Jeff. Always fun, man. We'll talk soon. No PFL this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Damn. Come on, Jeff. Uh, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. The name of the podcast, you can follow him at Jeff Schwartz uh, on Twitter. G-E-O-F-F is the Twitter handle. Let me make sure I got that right. Is it just Jeff Schwartz? Yes, it is Jeff Schwartz. That's all there is to it. We'll come back. Uh, We'll look at NBA scenarios. I'll list some more little quirks to the NFL schedule that we noticed last night. Andy McNeil and all the hockey series. And Crackman, it's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada with basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM, state-of-the-art technology, and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. It's Gil Alexander. I love that conversation with Jeff Schwartz. The whole teams get up for primetime games notion dispelled. The Dolphins not having a bye after the London game, not a thing. But he did agree that Washington close to the season is just the quirkiest thing ever couldn't believe that when I saw that. There was a whole bunch of other takeaways. Again, uh, we're not going to overrun the entire show with NFL schedule thoughts, but since it's top of mind, because we'll get to uh, NBA and NHL here coming up in the crack man, but some other things that we noticed, again, we on primetime action, we did this on the fly last night when they, when they were coming out team by team. We went through all 32, game, all th- 32 teams. Um, so we mentioned those things that I just mentioned. The Eagles. Eagles, and we didn't, we didn't notice this on the fly, but we got this right afterwards. The Eagles uh, have the easiest schedule based on the very lazy, again, 
um, method of doing it from 2020 records, right? So we talked about the Warren Sharp correct way of doing it, which is on current season win totals where the Niners have the easiest. But based on 2020 records, uh, the Eagles have it easiest. But here's the thing with the Eagles schedule. They do not play a team with a winning record on the road and do not have a winning record from last year and do not have to get on a plane the last eight weeks of the season. How about that for the Eagles? So start it. You're showing this at VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app. Start with week 11, home Saints. Then they go at New York to take on the Giants, at New York to take on the Jets. Bye. Home Washington, home Giants, at D.C., home Cowboys. That's it. No more air travel for the Philadelphia Eagles after week 10. So that's a, uh, a boon for Eagles fans and Eagles betters. Uh, some other things. Again, just little quirks to NFL schedules that came out yesterday. By the way, how about the NFL, too? Made a whole day of it. They leak the week one stuff in the morning, make a whole day out of that, then have the primetime show instead of not leaking the week one. Genius. We don't get that excited for the baseball schedule, I'll tell you that. Panthers. Uh, they got to bank their wins early, the Carolina Panthers, because their schedule late uh, gets very difficult. But here's the quirk to the Carolina Panthers schedule. Look at that late schedule. Uh, at Bills, home Bucks, at Saints, at Bucks. At least three out of four of those are going to be tough. Um, but the Panthers, they don't play any teams coming off a bye at all, all year. And overall, have a plus 13-day rest differential relative to their opponents over the course of the year. That's tied for the highest rest differential among all team schedules since 2002. Obviously, there's an extra game this year that, that uh, is part of that equation. But think about that. They don't play a single team coming off a bye, right? So no team, they don't have to play any team that's well-rested in that respect. And overall, they have a plus 13-day rest differential relative to its opponents. Huge. The best since 2002 in that respect. So that's a boon for Carolina Panthers fans and backers to consider. The opposite of that, by the way, the Patriots. Oh, Patriots. They play three teams off a bye. No one's going to shed a tear for the Patriots. they got to play three teams off a bye. Three teams very well rested during this their schedule. Uh, other things. Dolphins. No bye, as I mentioned, after the U.K. game. The Ravens were the only team. We were looking for three in a row on the road. We were looking for any of that. Our initial reaction was we didn't see it once. We could be wrong, but I don't think anybody had three consecutive road games. Is that possible? I'll tell you who had four consecutive home games, though. The Baltimore Ravens, four in a row at home. Look at that stretch from week five to week nine. Home Colts, home Chargers, home Bengals, by home Vikings. So that's a nice little middle for the Ravens, whose season win total is at 11. Again, they open up on the first Monday night of the season. First time we're only having one Monday night game instead of a Monday night doubleheader to open up the uh, season in a long time. But the Ravens were a six-point favorite. Yesterday got bet down to five and a half, and then five. So some Raiders money early on. Uh, But there's a whole bunch of these. We're just going one by one. And uh, those were really the main things just off the top of my head. Chiefs, five of their first seven games against 2020 playoff teams. So their work is cut out for them early. Um, And then, as I mentioned before, on a glance, the Steelers, the most horrible stretch at the end of a season I've ever seen. And by the way, pro football focus 
says the Steelers have the hardest schedule as well. I would agree with them there. We'll come back. Uh, all these hockey series, except for the Western Division, are set. We got lines. Andy McNeil's got projections. Bets to follow on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. The Preakness is Saturday and the VEASAN horse racing experts are analyzing the horses, jockeys, track conditions, starting positions, and prior race results to find the betting edge. Whether you play the horses every week or search the terms exacta and trifecta once a year, our team's here to get you ready to make your best bets on the Preakness. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses to find our full race coverage, special offers from our partners, and picks from horse racing specialists including Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter, Jeff Siegel, Millie Ball, and Jeremy Plonk. That's VEASAN.com slash horses and we'll talk horses tomorrow with ron flatter chris Felica, peter fornital i don't know some subset of those three uh second leg of the triple crown all the intrigue uh that dominated the early part of this week by the way shout out to uh i guess it's pet or petty on twitter uh who let me know the colts the answer to does a team have three straight road games the indianapolis colts do we miss that week three four and five the colts are at tennessee at miami at baltimore so, yes, there was a team that ended up with uh, three road games. Missed that on the fly last night. Colts sees a win total, of course, at 10. They opened up hosting the Seahawks. Let's bring him in, ladies and gentlemen, from Edmonton, Alberta. You can follow him at Digital Gamblers. Andy McNeil, how you doing, Andy? Doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well. Andy, watch this. Jason Kahn, are you, are you available to me? Jason Kahn with the mind-bending question of the morning. Go ahead, Jason. Ask Andy. Why do they call um, it the Stanley Cup playoff, but it's the NBA playoffs? <laughs> it's just, just a... this has been a question that has plagued sports fans for a century no i don't i don't know i have no idea. i don't even know if that's accurate. i'm not the grammar expert i don't even know if that's accurate yeah it's just plaguing him all right uh so we don't so tonight let's start here western division the Avalanche have a game tonight. By the way, they're like $4 favorites at this point. It's getting higher and higher. Uh, if they win, they get the President's Trophy and the number one seed in the division. So we don't have uh, anything in the Western Division right now in terms of playoff series because they're still jockeying. We don't know the result of tonight's game, obviously. Um, do you have anything in the NHL tonight, I guess, is let's just start there, that game or the other two? Well, I've got uh, uh, an avalanche plus 225 West Division future uh, that I'm not going to bet against, and and, and that's where I stand on, on tonight's uh, action. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty much my my rooting interest in tonight. It's been a it's been a, a, a busy week, a long week, getting ready for the the playoffs and trying to get all my ducks in a row and be prepared for for Saturday's start. So I've definitely uh, taken a, a couple of days off here as far as. Um, uh, wanting to, you know, sit in front of the screen and try to grind out an edge yeah. uh, on a day-to-day basis. Well, good. I, I like that attitude. That's very honest. It's just such a weird, quirky ending uh, to to the uh, NHL season, obviously. We're all looking forward to the postseason. Let's go to the Central Division. By the way, minus 440 Speaking- now on the Avalanche tonight. Go ahead. Speaking of, you know, weird and quirky and unique, uh, I think that's, you know, kind of the theme here, and it's been the theme all season with the NHL. Uh, this is a unique season with with the matchups and whatnot, the divisional play, um, and I think that's resulted in some some pretty 
sharp series pricing. I know in years past, we've done pretty good on this show, uh, specifically in the early rounds, um, betting on playoff series matchups, uh, not seeing as much value this year. Hopefully things will reveal themselves uh, in one way or another. Um, but uh, I think that's a product of you know the fact that not only do we have a ton of information to use uh, heading into the playoffs with, with these teams playing so many games against each other, but the sports books do as well. Let's go to the Central Division. I think that's a good backdrop to uh, start this. Central Division, Hurricanes, Predators. You wrote a great piece on this at Point Spread Weekly. Um, you're, you're not buying necessarily the super competitive nature that some others are about this series. You really, you really like the Hurricanes here. Minus 240 is what I'm seeing at DraftKings for the series. Yeah, so uh, a little value there is I've got it uh, priced at, at minus 270. Um, I, I think even some of the people that have, you know, stated that they think this is going to be a competitive series, which I, I think it will be too, um, and I think every series will com- be competitive in, in some way or another, um, uh, you know, I think that even the most optimistic forecasts still have the, the, the Hurricanes winning this thing, uh, you know, upwards of 65% of the time. So um, they, they definitely deserve to be the favorite in this one. Um, now, I'm, I'm definitely more interested in taking shorter prices, uh, hopefully, uh, in game one, game two, and so on and so forth, rather than laying a big price here uh, on the, the series uh, the series itself. Um, so looking forward to uh, seeing where this one opens. But uh, it's going to come down to Hugh Saros in Nashville, whether or not he can continue playing the way he has down the stretch here. If he hadn't got off to the slow start he did, he would be up for the Vesna right now, I'm sure, uh, along with Fleury and, and uh, Vasilevsky. Um, but but his slow start will likely keep him from that and, and winning my 50-1 to Saros Vesna bet uh, from preseason. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely going to be a competitive series. And, and the confidence factor here, Nashville's coming in hot. They've taken a couple of games from Carolina after being owned all season by the, the Hurricanes. And that, that, that does concern me a little bit, but it's hard to uh, it's hard to quantify just how much that's going to matter. And, and now we've taken away the, the whole, you know, must-win factor for Nashville, and both teams are, have, have, uh, right. are both incentivized here. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. So not getting too crazy about those two final Predators wins over the Hurricanes. By the way, Bet MGM no. Hurricanes minus two fifty. So and Predators plus one ninety coming back. So a sliver of value on the Hurricanes. Also at Bet MGM, yeah. the other one in the Central, uh, Panthers and Lightning. Lightning minus one forty. How do you solve a problem like the Lightning, Andy? This is very a difficult team to sort of assess here, coming off their cup last year. Yeah, this is this is a difficult one. It's it's. I mean, there's there's a huge range of possibilities here. We know there's an elite team. Uh, deep down uh, inside the the lightning here, and they're getting Steven Stamkos, who, uh, Stamkos, sorry, who's missed a significant portion of time, and then Nikita Kucherov's coming back as well, who who missed the entire regular season. Um, they, they they added uh, a player like David Savard at the trade deadline, but then there's the ask, you know, is are is are they healthy and are they going to be able to hit the ground running here? And I'm not so sure. There's there's you know scenarios that that they're that play out here where the Florida Panthers steal game one in the best of times. Uh, and now you've got this lightning team that's coming into the series uh, that that's going to have to, you know, manufacture some chemistry uh, and, and get on the same page pretty quickly here. And that's going to be tough to do. So I've got the lightning winning this thing around 60%. I've seen some forecasts that are a bit lower than that. I've seen some that are a bit higher, um, but that, that works out to an, uh, a series odds of minus 150. So some slight value there on Tampa Bay, but maybe this one is, is one that you'll want to watch uh, and see how things play 
out in game one uh, and go from there. All right. Uh, so slight value, slight value on both favorites then uh, in the Central Division. And should I, our, our Steven Stamkos Hart uh, Trophy ticket at 66 <laughs> should I should I burn that? Should I, what, what damage do I, should I do? Should, how should I destroy yeah, that I don't ticket? know if it'll set the, set the smoke alarms yeah. off there. We <laughs> live on there, but. Uh... <laughs> well, we tried. 66 to one was the nice price. We'll come back. Uh, we'll do the East and the North and uh, go up with the actual odds, Andy's projected odds, and see if we can find even a bit more value as the NHL playoffs approaches this weekend as they play out the string. Again, uh, big game for the Avalanche tonight for playoff positioning, uh, favorable playoff positioning for sure in the West. Uh, If they can manage to uh, get the number one seed and take on the Blues instead of having to take on the Wild, Instead, the Knights will have to if they win tonight. Again, minus 440 favorites in that one. We'll get to the East and North with Andy next. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball players may not get style points for home runs, but baseball bettors do. New BetMGM customers can turn $1 into $100. When someone goes yard during a game, sign up for the BetMGM app using VSIN 100. And if you place a $1 money line wager on the Cardinals or Brewers, you'll get $100. If either team hits a home run, new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. And 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line. 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. We get tweets at beating the book. Um, and I appreciate this because for all the things we did pick up on, Ravens four straight home games, Dolphins no buy after London, Washington's quirky end to their schedule. Uh, the one thing I, I didn't was the three straight road games, and we mentioned the Colts earlier. Trip Tepper letting us know that the Cowboys also have three straight road games. Week 13, 14, and 15 at the Saints Thursday night. Then they get the extra rest before they take on Washington at Washington, then at the Giants, 13, 14, 15. Again, things we did not pick up on the fly last night on primetime action. So the Colts and the Cowboys, and that is the list, by the way. Colts and the Cowboys, the list of... Uh, the only two teams to have three straight road games. Again, Ravens with four straight home games. This is also from uh, the public money. He said, okay, Gil, I'll take a stab at Jason's question. Uh, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs versus the NBA playoffs due to marketing and the NHL stating repeatedly that it's all about the Cup. Lord Stanley's Cup, way more iconic than NBA's Larry O'Brien trophy. That wasn't the question, though. Jason is saying that the playoff is is not pluralized in the in the hockey playoffs. I'm not sure that's true. Uh, Cricket Man, really, Gilly, Sound of Music reference? Multifaceted voice of gambling. LOL. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is for you, Andy. Andy McNeil, everybody, from Edmonton, Alberta, at Digital Gambler, our hockey <laughs> expert. He says, have you looked at Con Smythods? Grubauer at 45 to 1 seems juicy. I'm curious what Andy thinks. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, and uh, I haven't taken a hard look at this. I mean, these markets were 
basically just posted this morning, I believe. I know I talked to Jeff Davis over at Circa, and he said he was putting together a list of maybe 200 players over there for the Conn Smythe, uh, so a pretty big offering. Um, but, yeah, at 45-1, to 1, maybe worth a small lunch money bet. But, I mean, I will caution you, goaltenders uh, don't typically get a whole lot of love here. The last uh, goaltender to win the award was Jonathan Quick back in 2012. Uh, it's only happened five times in the last uh, 21 years, I believe. I mean, I think... A lot of the time, goaltenders are just expected to make saves and 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 win games. And uh, unless they they are absolutely magnificent, they they don't usually get a lot of first place votes. All right, let's go to the Eastern Division, Andy. With the East Division, uh, Penguins Islanders. Let's go to the BetMGM odds, if we will, once again, Jason, and see if we can compare these to Andy's projected series odds. Penguins minus one fifty, the number one seed, if you will, in the East, against the Isles, who are plus one twenty coming back. Where do you have this? Well, I am definitely not laying um, a dollar fifty to win a dollar on the Penguins here. I think this is the arguably the closest series uh, of them all, um, and uh, I've got this one lined at, at Pittsburgh minus one seventy one seventeen, sorry, uh, which is a fifty four percent chance. Um, so, so much less, but that doesn't really equate to much value on the Islanders, as you know, the other side of that is plus one seventeen, which is only about a three cent difference here. Um, you know. The, the Islanders, they've, they've really slumped lately. I mean, this, this, there's been so many times throughout the season where uh, they've looked like, you know, they're the best team in the East Division. Um, but the, these two teams have gone in opposite directions. And, and Pittsburgh's high-end skill, they've got Evgeny Malkin back now, um, you know, is likely going to win out more often than not. These are very comparable teams. They play a little bit differently, but uh, there's just so much skill up front with, with the Penguins. Uh, and the Islanders do have a, a goaltending advantage, uh, as, as Tristan Jari really, I'm not convinced he's an NHL starter. Uh, Simeon Varlamov definitely is, so is Ilya Sorokin. Uh, so they, they've got two good options, um, but whether that, you know, manifests over a seven-game series or not is, a, is another thing. Um, don't see any any real value here in, in betting either team to win the series. Okay. <clears throat> no value. Caps-Bruins, of course, is the other series, the 2-3 in the East. Uh, the Bruins are minus 150 against the Capitals. Capitals plus 125 at BetMGM. Capitals, hard to believe it's been three years, Andy, since their glorious, <laughs> glorious Stanley Cup championship right here in Las Vegas. Uh, I flew to D.C. for Game 4, flew back here for Game 5. Thank you, David Hastings, for the uh, tickets to Game 5. I will never forget. I wept openly with fellow Washingtonians in the stands. But you have been high on the Bruins all year, and so I'm going to guess you have value on the Bruins here. So, so let me let me just say, I was I was I was really down on them at one point um, when they were slumping, and and I and, and they were you know deservedly uh, slumping. Um, but but with this team, they're they're such they were such an elite team for the last few years, and coming into the season, uh, they were an elite team. Um, and then you know it's really easy to uh, you know make that adjustment pretty quickly. Uh, you know, given what we've seen from from Taylor Hall and Co. since the trade deadline, they've been dominant. Uh, they they've you know just just routed opponents on a regular basis and and washington's been pretty good down the stretch too um but goaltending is a huge issue here um and you know the capitals i don't think have have really strayed too much from from where i've projected them to be and and although the bruins have i they're, they're right back where i thought they'd be at the start of the season uh, and that's as one of the best teams in 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 that division or the best team in that division sorry um, I've got the, the Bruins winning it uh, 64% of the time. It equates to a line of uh, minus 178, I believe. And uh, we've, uh, you know, I've, I've bet the Bruins minus 130 and minus 140, all the way up to minus 145. 
willing to lay a little bit bigger of a price there um, uh, on the Bruins to win the series, but I'm, I'm really looking to lay a shorter price uh, in game one. I don't think the Capitals are fully healthy. Uh, they, the TJ Oshie went down uh, in a recent game. They, they got some players back. Um, prior to the final game against the Bruins. But, man, they really struggled uh, in that game against the Bruins, uh, needing a buzzer beater to win. Uh, and it wasn't really the Bruins. It was the baby Bruins, their American Hockey League affiliate, uh, that were filling a lot of the spots in that lineup. So if that's any indication of how this series is going to go, the Capitals are going to be in tough. How dare you, Andy? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go Let's go to the north. Uh, we're just looking for value. We're just all trying to make money. Uh, Leafs and the Canadians. Listen, uh, could this... It just so happens that I'm betting on my favorite team against your favorite that's, team, right? That's so. right. There's nothing there. Nothing to see there. Um, no, there really, <laughs> there really isn't. I just want to make clear to everybody. That's not what we're about. Uh, Maple Leafs at the Canadians. If you ask anybody in Toronto, and if I say to them, I'll give you uh, three Blue Jays World Series titles. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you an Argonauts, you know, two CFL titles. I'll give you a Raptors, another Raptors NBA championship, on and on and on. But you could trade it for one Stanley Cup for the Leafs. They would all trade it for the Cup. And here are the Leafs, the biggest favorite on the board of all the uh, opening round series. Minus 275 at BetMGM against the Canadiens. What do you got here? Um, you know, it's funny you say that. I, this That city is so starved for oh. uh, an NHL championship. Um, you know, even when the, the Blue Jays uh, won a, a couple of, of rounds, uh, you know, a few years back, they wrote books about that, for God's sakes. I mean, <laughs> it was a big thing. I can't imagine how big it'll be if, if the Maple Leafs uh, somehow, you know, fulfill their destiny, so to speak. Um, but no, I've, I've, I've got this one lined uh you know, in line with what the sports books are offering. 73% of the time, I see the Maple Leafs coming away with a win here, which, you know, translates to minus 270 series price. Um, I'm definitely concerned that I'm, I'm underestimating just how outmatched the, the Canadians here are here uh, against the Maple Leafs. Um, but I, I do think there's the element of uh, the fact that, you know, there, there's the element of, of shots uh, for and against. And I think that maybe, uh, the Canadians will be able to keep things pretty close in that area. They have all season long, uh, not particularly, uh, they, they haven't as of late, um, but that has a lot to do with the fact that Brendan Gallagher has been in, out of the lineup. Now, assuming he comes back and he's ready for game one, that changes things a lot for Montreal. And I've, I've, I'm assuming that he does, but, um, if he's not in the lineup for the first game, I would look at even maybe uh, laying a dollar twenty-five or a dollar thirty to win a dollar on the the series spread uh, minus one point five games okay. for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, uh, that, that's something that I'm looking at. But it's going to be you know right up until that time once we get confirmation of whether Gallagher's back in the lineup or not. And I know you know one player doesn't make a whole lot of difference a lot of the time, but he's a huge play driver and really changes the look of that team. So maybe a series spread price uh, pending the Gallagher information. Uh, by the way, uh, for those scoring at home, Leafs haven't won a cup since 1967. 54 years. When the Caps won in 2018, it's the first year of 44 years of existence that they had won one. But this is a 54-year drought. They'd won it 12 times before that. So they had won 13 cups by the time 1967 rolled around. And then the drought of all droughts since then. Last one. we got 60 seconds. Oilers at the Jets, or Oilers versus the Jets in the West. Oilers minus 190 at BetMGM. Jets plus 155 coming back. 
Yeah, I'm 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 right in the middle there at minus one sixty three. Uh, the Oilers have only ma- owned the matchup advantage. They've owned Connor Hellebuck this season. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, they definitely, you know, theoretically they have uh, an advantage in goal. But like I said, whether that you know shows itself over a seven game series is another thing. Uh, the Oilers are, are you know coming into the series as a top ten team by expected goals. The Winnipeg Jets are a bottom ten team. They'll get Nikolai Ehlers back, but I don't know if it'll be enough. Uh, to, to compete with the Oilers uh, on a game-to-game basis. So no betting opportunities here, but the Oilers definitely deserve to be a, a sizable favorite in this one. So of all of those, then, what do you think you like the best? I think I, I definitely like the Bruins the best. I think this uh, is a great matchup with them. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Gil. It's, it's, right. it's not Ovi's year. Yeah. But, but, you, but you're right. I mean, the topic sentence that you had there was not a bunch of pre-flop series value, generally speaking, here. I remember there being more last year. Am I correct in that recollection? For sure, yeah. And then the year before, too, uh, I, yeah. I've done pretty well on these, and I was anticipating uh, more edges. But, uh, you know, things will reveal themselves as the series get underway, and, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll act accordingly. Have you done West projections yet, by the way? Uh, yeah, I can quickly get to that. I have um, roughly, you know, it, it, it's a big swing. If, if the Blues play the the, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, or the, the Colorado Avalanche, sorry, if the Vegas Golden Knights play the Blues or the Wild, it's a huge swing, almost 26% in terms of their implied probability, uh, minus 400 down to minus 130 roughly. So they need uh, the Avs to lose this game tonight. <laughs> Good luck with that. We shall see. Again, minus 440 favorites. Stranger things have happened, though. Really have. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it, man. Take care, guys. Good luck. Andy McNeil from Edmonton, Alberta. We'll come back unscripted with the crack, and we got to go over all these NBA scenarios, or at least what we learned from last night, what we know now for sure, and what is still yet to be determined. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network.